Hello and welcome to lucky episode number seven of the Road to Laracon podcast. Fantastic and exciting news. We now have a date for the official online event. It is going to be taking place online August 26th. I guess that's United States Eastern time. It'll be an online only event. Tickets will be just $29 each. Save yourself literally. Like if you're me going to Georgia, you are saving literally thousands of dollars on flights, accommodation, food, two days of travel. None of that. $29 all online. I am greeted. I am joined today by one of the Laravel community's quickest talking speakers, Matt Stauffer. I I talk the speed I talk, but I don't know how to make it any faster. But hi, everybody. Hi. Also, if you're me, while I I think that ticket is still fantastic price and absolutely incredible, you're saving a little bit less money because I live in Georgia now. So, you know, take out the flight, take out the accommodations. But still, still, that's a lot of money saved. Plus, everybody else is saving all that money. For me, maybe it's more money. So anyway. Yeah. For you, for you personally and for anyone else doing this kind of thing. Now, you you were not were you speaking? You weren't announced to speak in the in person event. Were you going to be speaking, or is this something that that you've, you've been you've been subbed in? Um, we weren't sure yet. So one of the things that mm-hmm. Taylor and I talked about was the desire to bring in as many new people as possible. So remember, my talk last year at Laracon was we want new yeah. people, and Taylor, not just in response to me, just because of his own values, he's really leading in the goal to bring new folks in, not just in terms yeah. of them being able to use the framework, but them being prominent. And so one of the one of the things that it takes there is for people who are reputable to not always take spots. Perfect. Yeah, I love it. It's cool that going online gives people like that an opportunity to to speak yeah. at this event. And Taylor's announced that their online format is going to continue into 2021 and beyond where he's mm-hmm. going to use it as a platform to make all of the big Laravel announcements, new features, and then the in-person events Hopefully we'll return next year and there'll be more technical deep dive topics on the things that have been announced at the online events. But this podcast is not a podcast about all of that stuff. This podcast is about music. I know I know that you're very passionate about music. I know that anyone that follows you on Twitter knows that sometimes you can be very indecisive about music and it took you till what the Probably beginning of March April. this year yeah, maybe eight, maybe yeah. March or April so like eight months to to pick a song now <laughs> don't get me wrong the song that you picked for Laravel podcast season four is really great yes, I love it I love it but it took you eight months and it was, so it's, yeah it shouldn't have the the music we're gonna dive right into this one <laughs> I was not expecting this track this is a a global sensation that I don't personally enjoy their music a whole lot I, I could tell by a, the way you wrote, I didn't expect that when you sent yeah. me that message. I was like, oh, yeah. okay, we got a hater. I I, I kind of find their music a little bit pedestrian, but I think that you can, you can lead us into this one and explain to me why this amongst what I perceive to be your typical taste in music. So my first track is, I don't actually know how many of the words are in the title. It's one of those ones where it's like a whole sentence, but you don't know which one of the words are actually, but I still don't find what I'm looking for by YouTube. And so, I mean, pedestrian, I mean, we've all had the experience where, well, not all, many of us had the experience where we had an iPhone and all of a sudden had a U2 album that we didn't ask for on it, right? And, you know, Mm -hmm. like Bono is definitely, you know, cringy at times. So I think one of these, it's one of these ones where I have a, I have very, very, I have a variety of feelings about U2, but... My love for U2 is primarily in the early days U2. And it still carries today because of that. Mm-hmm. So if you were to just ignore everything you'd ever heard of about U2, and you were just to open up uh, the Joshua Tree album, and you played Joshua Tree from front to back, I think that you, Michael, and most other people would have a 
very different experience of the band yeah. than you would if you've seen them and their mega stadium tours and whatever. And so I do think that like I can appreciate today's U2 more, and I also am just more willing to just say, you know, I don't like that album very much. So the song, I still haven't found what I'm waiting for. Of course, it's like the, I gotta, is that actually like the rightful name of it? I should actually make sure. It is not. A looking for, not waiting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is the full sentence. Yeah. So <laughs> anybody who heard me say it four times, though, they're going to be like, Matt, you're wrong on Twitter. Yeah, that's right. So, okay. <laughs> so still haven't found what I'm looking for. So there's a couple pieces to this, but one of them is that they were performing together and Bono started writing this song and he said he basically kind of wanted to run, write a song that was that was soulful meaning soul in terms of like the music made by primarily black americans and he said i want to tap into this and if if you know like the history of like a oppressed people groups around the world like there's a lot of parallels between the poor people in various places whether they're mm-hmm. intentional parallels or accidental parallels and so there's a lot of that in their background but they're they're white guys in the US now and so there's this yeah. kind of weird space where they come from one place but now they're yeah. in the US and they're in the prominent group right Mm-hmm. And so one of the things they were really intentionally trying to do there was bridge gaps, like build bridges with people. Beautiful. For those of our listeners who haven't had uh, a U2 song appear on their phone unannounced before, have a listen <laughs> to I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For. So you you touched on the deep history that you have with music and how your taste has evolved over time. And I think that's pretty much, I mean, apart from Adam, who's been listening to Slayer, God help him, (laughs) since he was 10 years old. Since he was in the womb. Yeah, I think it's a fairly natural progression for people's taste to change. You know, when I was growing up, my parents were um, a little bit older than than my friend's parents. So we Mm -hmm. listened to a lot of stuff from the 50s and the 60s. And there was a lot of Roy Orbison and a lot of ABBA and a lot of Beatles and a lot of Manfred Mann. And so that was like my taste in music for a long time. And then it was mm-hmm. whatever was on in the car. So things, you know, all that yeah. that early 90s pop and and that kind of stuff. And then early to or late 90s, early 2000s. And then when I got to high school and you start getting exposed to like different people and you get different. Mm-hmm. And that's when the the rock and the metal and and you start. That's when I started hearing things like Slayer and started hearing things like, you know, Meshuggah and Metallica and Megadeth and, and all of these yeah. different like metal influences and then um, into prog rock. So, you know, things things just change vastly over time. And it wasn't until recently, like in the last few years, being part of the, the Laravel community and yourself and, you know, Yaz and Taylor and, and Ian, there's a lot of hip hop and rap and R&B and that kind of stuff. And it's only mm-hmm. sort of more recently that I've started listening to that kind of music and, and started to appreciate that a little bit more. So that kind of leads me into the, the next or well, the first question of this podcast what is the the kind of music that that you actually listen to while you're coding while you're working mm-hmm. while you're managing your wonderful company so when i code without an audience there's a few different spaces i'm in if i am hyper 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 focused i cannot have music when i am on your average space i can just average normal day-to-day work i can listen to mostly anything but I often focus a little bit more on a little bit more instrumental stuff or so I listen to a lot of Tycho and 
hammock and that kind of stuff, or mm-hmm. stuff that I know so well that it, it becomes a drone in the back of my mind because it's just so familiar. So if I've listened yeah. to an album thousands, hundreds, hundreds of times, it doesn't matter what that album is, how vocal it is or anything, eventually it's going to become a drone. Mm. But the most focused and intent music where I, I pick it because of how it makes me feel is when I have to get a, um, a very intent and specific job done. And I think I have one uh, playlist title, I think it's like Get Mess Done, like Get Stuff Done, basically. And that is intense. Usually it's not like super, super heavy because that's going to drive, that's like more like my running music, like super mm-hmm. heavy stuff or, or rap. But this is more like like the Social Network soundtrack and the Batman soundtrack and stuff like that, where this is like very intense driving music that mm-hmm. really kind of makes me go like, yes, we're going to get this. Like, I actually want to open up right now. Yeah. And see what else is in there but that's the stuff but i can only do that sometimes right like there's there's very frequently like times where i just can't do that so yeah very nice very good now leading on from that your second song is this is probably more the style of music that i would have picked for you as as i know you in the moment as i know you right now and i think there's there's a connection here to sort of your family there's there's a bit of connection to uh, your history in where you used to live and work and where you met Dan and when you started Titan and all of that. So tell us, for those who haven't been able to guess from from that introduction, tell us your second song and artist. Yeah. So my second artist is Chance the Rapper, and the song is All We Got um, from his Coloring Book mixtape. And again, that is a back to front, listen to the whole thing, you know, don't, don't hit pause, just go the whole way through, kind of listen for me. Mm-hmm. And Chance is from Chicago. So I discovered Chance through the coloring book. I'm not one of those people who are like, oh yeah, I've been listening to him since, you know, way long time ago. Like I discovered him through the coloring book and a lot of people are like way more ahead of him than I am. And it's funny because I was in Chicago, I had friends in Chicago. So I'd be like, man, this chance guy is so amazing. I'm listening on coloring book on repeat. And they're like, oh yeah, when I was hanging out with him, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay. You're so cool. You were at a party with chance. Um, but there is that Chicago connection. But so this coloring book album was, I think that it is definitely in my top five albums of all time. No question. It might be like, mm-hmm. you know, like that and Joshua Tree might be in like the top, you know, one or two or three spots. And it's, he is, you're getting all these religious tones out of it. He is in touch with the world around him. He is hopeful and faithful. Again, at this time, I was in a space where I'm like, man, I love hip hop, but I don't always love what they're talking about. And he was just coming in with like joy and hope and like bringing in like these little like references to church stuff, but again, in a, not in a churchy way. Mm-hmm. And like, if you, if you grew up in black church, you're going to recognize a whole bunch of the references that he did with this song, remake of this song or whatever. But if you didn't, didn't, you're not gonna be like, oh my gosh, this guy's preaching at me. You're just gonna be like, yeah, he's really happy. Okay. You're like, he's not talking yeah. about bad stuff. And it's just energetic and joyful and musical. It was so clear that like, not only is he a talented lyricist, and, and of course there's more talented lyricists than him. I almost put um, Kendrick Lamar's DNA on my top three, but it didn't quite make it, you know, like, but he's, he's a creative, he's a musician, and he obviously knows a lot of musicians and he's working with Francis and the Lights and the, the children's Chicago Children's Choir. And, oh my gosh, it's just so much rich and exciting and fun and energetic and high energy and good like rap and good music on this album. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's good stuff. I love it. Let's see if we can make our listeners, at least one of our listeners, as happy as you are by so. listening to this this rendition of All We Got featuring Kanye West and the Chicago Children's Choir. Mm-hmm. And we back. 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 Hey. 
This ain't no intro, this the entree Hit that intro with Kanye I sound like Andre Tryna turn my baby mama to my fiance She like music, she from Houston Like Auntie Yonce Man, my daughter couldn't have a better mother If she ever find another He better love her Man, I swear my life is perfect I can merge it If I die, i So you talked about how some of the you know your friends and that they'll they'll analyze the lyrics and i know that there's mm-hmm. there's music in your family your sister is a well, she's a published artist right she's recorded yeah, and things she's like got that a couple albums so yeah. it's it's in your family so how much of that has made its way into your bones how how much music do you play do you yeah so we definitely did music growing up my mom played piano my dad played a little bit of guitar but he's also a trumpetist and he studied musical education with trumpet performance secondary um and he didn't end up doing that for work but that was you know that was our background Mm -hmm. for me so i took piano lessons growing up and then i wanted to play guitar because everybody didn't it was cool but my buddy in like sixth grade or something told me uh there's too many guitarists no everybody every band needs a bassist i was like okay cool i'll play bass so i got a bass i got a little yamaha and taught myself how to play it i I took uh there's one band class at my school so i took jazz band in seventh grade and then I just taught myself and then I played at church for years and the church I was going to, it, like every single song was like four chords just over and over and over. And then in, um, I got in a band or two and then in high school, a good friend of mine who still performs music, um, Adam Plumeridis, he pl- performs it out of Ann Arbor. We started a band together with some friends and we were all, so it's a very weird mix. We all listened to prog rock. And so we got, we were in a prog rock and we were actually really talented musicians, but we were so deep in the church there that we kind of believed that the only valid music that we could do was like prayer and worship music. Mm-hmm. So we recorded multiple albums and played at dozens of shows and got this weird, confused fan base. So I went off to college. I got involved in Christian communities there. They were multi-ethnic. And so all of a sudden I had to learn all this very, very different music at church in the Christian communities. And so I'm learning like gospel and all these crazy complicated stuff I was not prepared for. So I slowly learned that. And then at some point I was the only musician in one of my groups. And they're like, hey, can you lead all the stuff? So I learned how to sing. I brought my keyboard back. I learned how to play guitar, you know, and I did that for a while. And then finally in 2008 to 2012, I started playing bass professionally. I did some recordings in the studios. I took some lessons and then I ended up playing at this conference that had 12 or 15,000 people and I was the bassist for the the band for the entire gig. And then soon after that, because my son was, I think, like four or five months old at that point. Mm-hmm. And then soon after that, I went back to only playing at church. And then soon after that, we had another kid and then I just basically don't play at all. Here's your third one. I've never heard, I don't think, of this artist. Tell me about your third and final track. Yeah, so I know the least about this one. In, so the guy's name is Mac Miller. And he passed away in uh, September 2018. And I had heard of him a little bit. And I expected it to be, you know, one of those things where like people were a little bit sad and then they kind of moved on with their lives, you know, like which is perfectly appropriate. And my friends who love hip hop, especially a lot of my friends who have had a harder life, um, who have had depression and anxiety and a lot of other things, like their experience with Mac Miller passing away was just completely out of sync with what I expected. And I just realized I had had no idea the impact he had made on a lot of people who I cared for. And I said, I gotta, I gotta go listen to this guy. So I went to listen to his most recent one, just swimming. And I listened to swimming and I listened to swimming and I listened to swimming just non-stop over and over and over again. And it like this is definitely one of those ones where I'm gonna tell you a little bit about how it makes me feel and very little bit about like very little that can tell you the the truth of it because I just mm-hmm. don't really know. And he had obviously had some really hard times and he obviously was 
both seeing good times, but also wrestling truthfully with like the impacts there. So I've realized there's so much, there's so much value that comes from people actually knowing the difficulty they've endured, not just kind of sloughing it off, not just kind of painting it over, but also knowing the good things that they have and talking truthfully about both of them in balance. And so I do think like when I listen through swimming, there's just like this emotional connection that I feel with him about his difficulty and his hope and his joy and his silliness and his like crassness where it just feels like it's like you I feel like I am interacting with an entire human being in swimming. I feel like I'm getting this whole guy and I don't know if he's exactly like me but I identify with him so much and it's just very cathartic like listening to it so. Nice. Matt, we talked about your indecisiveness in choosing music and I know that you had great difficulty getting down to <laughs> I did. three songs for this podcast. So hard. But by the time you've heard me say this, you will have tweeted about the full seven songs that you managed to narrow this down to for everyone yep. to have a listen to. I thank you for your time. Uh, I thank you for rescheduling for me so that I didn't wake Eli up last night. Oh, family over everything, man. That's right, 100%. On that note, we will wrap up. As I said at the top of this episode, Laracon will be online August 26th. Tickets are available now for just $29 a ticket. I hope everyone enjoys themselves. I hope everyone's staying safe and healthy and and enjoying the time that we've got to spend with our families, this extra time, with no commutes and, and lots of us working from home. So stay safe out there and we will speak to you next time. Thanks, y'all.